Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. screwed podcast right here and this is episode 50 motherfucking one baby five one <clears throat> new computer new computer i had to get a new computer because the other one <laughs> fucked up i'll tell you what brian if i had your money i'd burn mine mm. burn your what money or yeah computer my money if i had all yours i don't have any money shit i barely have any money i wish i had money if the podcast would make more money i'd have money um if I was making the kind of money like, you know, certain ones, you know, but I don't, so I digress, so we're going to go on. I made 830 bucks last night. Must be nice. I made zero. <laughs> yeah. You made 830 bucks while harassing a bride and trying to touch her. Yeah. No, I would never do that. Hey, look, I... Bride's made. I made. I saw the text. <laughs> you said you were going to fall into the bride. Oh, yeah. Well, I was joking. You know yeah. I mean? Was she hot, though? She Is that why she, you said no, it? No, she wasn't. No, I was just... I was oh, she wasn't hot. Poor she guy. Was, no, she was all right. You can tell me if she, she was, was pretty. I mean, nobody knows... She was pretty. I wouldn't say she was Look, hot. First of all, none of us know the bride. None no, of us no, know who, what wedding you were on. So. I, was, I was thinking I was thinking honestly about the question that you asked. Oh. I, w- I, was I thinking, wouldn't yeah. call her hot, I, but, I, but I think was she, she was what, a pretty girl. Was she chubby? No. No? no. Amazingly enough. No. What, was the either. groom hideous? He was chubby. <laughs> well, that ex- but not hideous. But that explains the bride. But not yeah. So he got himself both, a skinny girl. They were both really nice people. But he got himself a skinny girl? She's not skinny, but she's not chubby. But she's medium. She, she's medium. She, she's less she's than... well built. But you say she's less than him. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, I mean, then he upgraded. He's not huge, yeah. huge, but he's yeah. yeah. He upgraded. He, he did. Oh, he, oh, he yeah. upgraded. Yeah, he no, outkicked his fucking coverage. Bro. Yeah, I'm not it, he, about he that. did what I did. He would tell you that. Yeah, too, he, though, you know? yeah. Well, he did what I did. I say it all the right, time. Right. My wife's slumming and I'm loving. <laughs> as yeah. long as she keeps hitting way below her pay grade, right, right, I know. I'm gonna. She's I'm a very, gonna, very lovely, lovely lady. I know. I, I just, My wife's hot, and I'm not. And I would so. never ask her to her face. No. You know? 
No. Why she makes the decisions that she makes. I asked her many times. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I mean, I, it's funny that that the conversation is leading this way because I'd like sometimes to get into her brain. <laughs> that's, that's what we're about to talk about. You know, sometimes I would myself. Um, <laughs> I would. I'd like to ask her why. Exactly. She chose a guy that was 13 years older than her and not that attractive with no money. <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing going for me, buddy. Let me tell you. And, and the worst part is when she started dating me. Okay. I have little money now. Okay. So when she started dating me, I had even less, like even less. Like now I own this house or I'm going to very soon. But when we started dating, I didn't even own jack shit. Right. Okay, my buddy was allowing me to live here for free because he was nice. And I wasn't making anywhere near any kind of money that I do now. And, yeah, I was like, what? What What the fuck? Yeah, I'm the choice? You know, well, right. <laughs> well, she'd known me for a long time. That, well, so maybe that, that was and, it. you know, I mean, once you have... Well, I am charming. Well, I was going to say, well, I was going to say, you, what you have is... you. You're truthful. Mostly. Um, you're upfront. And well, yeah, I mean, of course you're full of bullshit. Sometimes. But in if it if it, if it is a subject of importance, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like wow. you're not gonna bullshit about it. You're gonna you're up front from the beginning, honest. And well, a subject of importance normally I can look up to in encyclopedias and such, so <laughs> like, right. like right. when we're doing the podcast, yeah, I sound intelligent, everybody, but the truth but being she doesn't have to worry about you out running <laughs> the streets, you know, banging other girls and well, no. getting drunk with the I, boys shit. and doing all you know what I'm saying? And no, I like to get uh, I like to drink at home. Um, no, I never I never enjoyed bars. I thought they were pointless and annoying. Um, because, look, first of all, the liquor's overpriced. I'm at a place where at a certain point i got to figure out how to get home. Yes. Driving is illegal if you're drunk. Yeah. Walking is illegal if you're drunk. Yes. So that leaves the option of somebody taking me who hopefully is sober or a taxi where i got to pay money. So it's kind of pointless. I mean, I could sit at home and listen to loud music on my stereo and not be annoyed by all you other drunk fuckers. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It, it was kind of like... It's, it's, it's all right to go out every now and then when there's a big group of you, but I, yeah. Well, if there's a reason, like... And a reason, right. Yeah, if you go to a club and they're having a live band, yeah, I can see going there for that reason. Um, if you're going to a club and you and your wife are going out having a few drinks and you're going back home... Yeah, that's okay. But, yeah, just going out to the bar and staying there for hours and hours, no, nah, I never liked it. it. Usually I would go to the bar, well, when I was single, I went to the bar all the time, but that was to get pussy. Right. Right. There was only one reason. Mm -hmm. I was going there to get pussy. Or I was going there to play pool and possibly get pussy. Right. Right. Yeah. Either way. But pool was the main objective in that. It just... It was, yeah. Yeah, pussy came it along the side. It was always right there at the time. Right, yeah. Well, if it, you know, if it came along. Of course. I mean, of course. But if you're not single and you're not going out to hang out with your buddies and play pool, there's really no point in it. No. It's kind of like all these guys who go to strip clubs. I never understood the point in that either. You're paying a woman to get naked. Okay, doesn't that seem stupid to you? I mean, 
for okay, like I know guys who literally go out to strip clubs every weekend and spend over well over $150 on a girl. Right. To get naked. And I told these guys, you know, a hooker's about $150. Uh, I was, I was gonna yeah. say that. <laughs> and she'll come and get I, naked for you and do yeah. other things. Right. I was gonna say, like Right. The if you're gonna the, waste the paying money Right. The paying money to see just for the girl to just get naked, yeah. I I'm with no, you. It's, it's it, pretty much pointless. Yeah, it's stupid. But I mean I, I actually <laughs> am not against guys paying women to have sex with them. No, think, no, not it's at a all. Perfectly practical relationship. Well, I mean, scenario. It works and, perfectly well. Yeah. And the, the bottom, the only thing that fucking prevents it is that you know girls don't want to be labeled as a whore. But, Actually, but I, the same girls will let you, you know, take them out to fucking dinner and then take them home and fuck them, and then they're not whores. Well, no. The thing is, I don't really think whores mind being called whores. I mean, hookers really don't mind being called hookers. They know what they came for. Right. You know, and and not only that, but if the point is you're paying a woman to get naked, I guarantee you if you pay a stripper enough money, well, most strippers, I'm not going to say all, but most strippers, if you pay a stripper enough money, $150, $200, which is what you're going to pay at a normal strip club on a given night anyways. Yeah. Right. You could pay her to come over. She'll dance for you and fuck you for 200 bucks. Right. And uh, then you're not just paying her to dance. Yeah, going to a club, paying a girl to dance on your lap naked while you're fully clothed is the smartest thing in the world for women and the dumbest thing in the world for men. Right, right. But, I mean, hey man, so you've set her up. I guess, I guess. I mean, I've if you like to times. be. I've had some good times in strip clubs. Well, yeah, but that. <laughs> But look, but they were bashing upon, like they were reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're out with your buddies, I'm just hanging out. Right? Yeah, if you're hanging out with your buddies, that's one thing. But if you're literally going to a strip club, like I know a guy that uh, we work with, and I'm not going to give him his name or anything, but he goes to strip clubs all the time every weekend. And I understand he can't get women because he's older, he's ugly, he's short, you know. So. You know, for all intents and purposes, he cannot get a legitimate woman to have sex with him. But again, this is the same guy I told, hey, hookers are a lot cheaper, dog. <laughs> I mean, you're spending, I mean, he told me one time he spent $300 on a stripper trying to get her to go home. I'm like, you know, for $300, you could have bought a hooker and she would have had no problem going to your house or anywhere else you wanted to fuck her. But yeah, but where do you, where, you know, it's not, hookers aren't easily accessible around here. Of course where they are. find a hooker? Fuck. I could give you 15 websites right now. You could probably go find yeah, it. Yeah, I guess we got And pretty much, if you're going to a strip club, yeah, yeah, hooker. You might and, even pay the membership fee to the website right. and get a hooker. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and, could probably go to a strip club and offer them women three hundred dollars, and I'm sure right after they were done with work, yeah. they'd be more than happy to fucking fuck you in the car. You'll find one of them. Right. I'm sure somebody at the strip club would be more than happy to do a little extra. All these girls that are willing to take <laughs> clothes off for a one dollar bill, yeah. I would say the well, it's, one of them for three hundred dollars would blow you in the parking lot. See, that tells you how long it's been since you've been to a shirt club, bub. One dollar ain't gonna get you shit now. They won't even get you in the door, son. Well, <laughs> but I mean, if, you're if you tried to tip a stripper a one dollar bill right now, she'd look at you and laugh and walk away. But that's what you give them when they come around to your table if you're sitting there. No, they won't take that no more. Uh, no, yeah, that's the they funny get the part. Fuck away. Yeah, they want five they or more. Over there. Yeah, they want five at least. They want a five. 
Yeah. Hey, cost of living, man. Inflation. I, <laughs> Price of pussy went up. But I mean, I mean, I got this dollar. I'm not. I don't want it. Yeah, but she ain't gonna take it. She's okay, gonna look at fine. you like crazy because the next guy at the table next to you is paying five. Yeah. No, um, I didn't. And this was a few years ago that I know this because I had a friend here who went to strip clubs. Um, the guy who used to own this building, as a matter of fact, he went to a strip club. And he's the one that told me, yeah, they only take fives now. And like a private dance is like 25 bucks. I'm like, Jesus Christ. $25? To do what? And he's like, for her to take her top off and dance on your lap with a G-strip. What? Yeah. You're paying $25? Shit, you can go to fucking cam sites and $25 get you like 2,000 minutes with a naked bitch. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. What the hell are we doing here? What kind of crazy shit's going on? Yeah. All right, that's enough. Yeah, I'm done with strippers. Okay, I'm done with them too. Now, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Not oh, strippers. The brain. We were going to talk about the, the brain. The brain. Yes, not the one between your legs either, no, Jason. We're talking brain. about the yeah, our brain, the one on top of our heads, uh, the medulla oblongata. <laughs> so the main, so the part of the brain that we have that works that in other animals isn't doesn't is the, the neocortex. Right, the neocortex. Hence, where. The Matrix got the name from Neo. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, the medulla, I, the medulla oblongata, which I was saying, is actually not part of that. And it's interesting. The medulla oblongata, which is your primitive brain, which is your original brain, is actually at the base of your skull, and the neocortex, which is what you're talking about, yeah. is at the front, yep. upwards. Yep. yep. Yeah. So one controls um, emotions and what we would houses what we consider the soul. So your primitive brain would be, you know, your instincts. Yeah, it's... uh, survival instincts, your fight or flight. Fight or flight. Um, It also controls anger and aggression. Okay. um, Where your neocortex controls uh, what we consider love, complex thought. Yeah. Um, It's what gives rise to us basically being aware that we're us. Yeah. It's our imagination. Yeah, yeah. Our imagination is housed there, although they're not sure of that either, because again, um, the uh, what is it called? Jesus Christ! Um, it's in the middle of your brain. I cannot remember what it's called. It's pineal. What, the pin, yeah, the pineal or the pineal, pineal gland. Pineal. Yeah. The pineal gland, they think, uh, has a lot to do with emotions, and they think that's where uh, this is your, your third eye. Yeah, they think that's where your soul is, quote-unquote, housed, in the center of your brain. It's also um, the only part of your brain that if it's damaged, there's no reworking it. If your pineal is damaged, you're basically dead. Okay. It's over. Yeah. (laughs) It's over. But, yeah, like your neocortex, you can get along without it. You have severe altered personality, but you can still get along without it. Um, So, like... I heard Billy Carson say one time, and I thought it was interesting to think about, as above, so below, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you think of the brain as being encapsulated in darkness, and it, so it can't do anything without information. So it sends out its friends, its senses. Sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, 
right? Mm-hmm. To go gather information, mm-hmm. collect information, and bring it back so I know what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. And he likens that then to what what is God, and then we would be the senses, we would be the friends, we're on a data collecting information, uh, data collecting adventure basically to gather information and take it back to the source. Right. And so your brain performs 400, this is, you know, on average, 400 billion actions per second. Every second of the day, your brain is performing 400 billion actions. And so what's happening is our, our feelings, our emotions, how we feel, our heart. Our heart is sending out a signal out into the field, right? This field of energy that surrounds us, surrounds us all. And you could think of it as the mind. Mm-hmm. So your brain and your mind are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I always thought that, right? If you were talking about your mind, that you were talking about your brain, <laughs> that the two were intertwined, the two were interconnected. Now they are interconnected, but they're not the same thing. Right. <laughs> How you feel sends a signal out. That signal, then the brain takes and processes it at 400 billion actions per second and projects it mm-hmm. out in front of you. And that's what you're seeing. And that is the matrix that you're navigating through. That's why... That's why two people can be looking at the exact same thing, but they see it differently. Yes. How is that possible? It's because you are seeing it differently. Because you guys don't feel the same. Right. And so how you feel <coughs> is, Sorry. is the, the, that's the energy, that's the frequency that you are putting out into the universe. Which means, in turn... That is the, uh... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The frequency, then, that the universe goes into your brain and is being translated processed and given back to you well see this is uh interesting the limbic system is a group of interconnected structures that are located deep with inside your brain and it is the part of the brain that's responsible for all behavior and emotional responses so scientists to this day still do not 
know exactly all the parts that make up the limbic system or even how it exactly works correctly. They know that it involves, though, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus, the uh, amygdala, and the limbic cortex. So uh, the hypo, the, <laughs> the hypo, the hypo, the hypo, there we go. See, I, okay, I'm going to explain something to everybody out there just so we all are clear. Brian has been drinking a little bit today. <clears throat> Normally I don't drink, but Brian has been drinking a little bit. So we are playing the drinking game, as you all know, anybody who's listened, and there's a lot of you listening now. I, you know, I can't imagine when, if you were drunk that you could mess up more words than when you were so fuck off. Um, <laughs> no, the funny part is, is that when we started this whole drinking game, we had a few, like 70, 80 listeners. Now there's well over 300 that are yeah. listening to this every flipping week. Yeah. So. Like we're, it's yeah, now, yeah, yeah, like we're now, turning a lot of people into alcoholism. Yeah, we're, we're, we're moving a lot of people into alcoholism at this but point. Like, I said, like I've said before, <laughs> I mean, I would have to venture to say that they were probably alcoholics to begin with or they wouldn't be listening to our dumbasses in the first place. Well, place. if they're sitting around drinking listening to us, they damn sure alcoholics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're playing the drinking game. If they're game. playing the drinking game, they're already halfway I mean, there. Fuck, that's more shots than fucking Thunderstruck. But I did not, I only fucked up once this time. So that's one shot for everybody keeping yeah. score. That is one shot. One of these episodes. You have, been, you have been better lately. You know, one of these episodes, I'm literally going to get alcohol and I'm going to shoot with him. Because I think it's unfair that my ass is it not is. taking a shot when they are. Unfortunately, I think by the end of the episode, I might not be able conscious enough to actually post yeah. it. <laughs> but, yeah. I was going to say no shit. Especially we'll get there. if that's that old digger fucking rum in there. God damn. The digger rum, the Mark and Digger. Yeah, that shit'll get you. Well, especially if um it was like the last episode that I posted, the tuberculosis one, where we were talking about oh, Because that's uh-huh. the one I posted last. That was episode fifty. And I swear to God, I listened to it. There had to be twenty fucking fuck ups in that. I would have drank the whole damn bottle and been on the floor going, and whatever I Okay. <laughs> Done. But anyways... The limbic system. Yeah, well, the hypothalamus is involved in sexual response, hormone release, and it regulates your body temperature. So that's one thing, the hypothalamus... Those are the things in the hypothalamus. Not one thing, obviously. I just said three. And I said, that's the one thing. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> that's what the hypothalamus does. But the hippocampus, um, it preserves and retrieves memories. It also plays a role in how you understand uh, spatial, spatial, spat, spatial, spatial. Thank you. I couldn't. I did not know that word. Spatial. I know what it means. I just, I just right. didn't know how to say it. Spatial dimensions of your environment. So the hippocampus, interestingly enough, is what you were talking about. That's the one that helps us perceive our environment. That's the one that shows you the matrix. Yeah. Okay. So that's the one. That shows you if a wall is three feet away, you know a wall's three feet away, yeah, so you okay. don't run into the motherfucker. It helps you with depth perception. Yeah, it helps you with depth perception. It also perceives your environment as a solid. So uh, the hippocampus perceives... Per- there it is. There's two shots. Thank yeah, you, ladies and gentlemen. There is two there, shots. I mean, 
Yes, because there is no Z. <laughs> there is no Z in the word perceives. No, no. So go ahead and drink up. Drink up, ladies and gentlemen, because there is no word Z in the word perceives. But, um, so, I almost fucked up word. So think about this, though, too. God. I mean, the brain. What do I want to say? Well, see, okay, now, the hippocampus, hold on, as I was going with the hippocampus, see, the amygdala works with the hippocampus because the amygdala coordinates responses to things in the environment, and it triggers emotional responses to things that you see. What's that called? Uh, the amygdala. And the amygdala and hippocampus work together. So the hippocampus yeah. tells you, hey, this room's... Your emotion, yeah. Yeah, this, it'll tell you, hey, that's a tree. That's a tree, and it's that many feet away. But then the amygdala puts an emotion to that tree, or puts an emotion to that sunset, or puts an emotion to that color. Or you know, the hippocampus just says, "Hey, that's blue." Okay, that's blue. Mm-hmm. We know that's blue. We learned a long time ago that color's blue. Right. So the hippocampus is telling you, "Hey, that color's blue or green or whatever." Then the amygdala tells you, "Hey, I like blue." What's your emotional response? Yeah, what's my emotional response right. to that? That's the amygdala. Now how? But here's the thing: that information was downloaded into you at a certain point somehow, and it's be, it's because at when we're, when we're born, see your brain's all also operating on different frequencies, different mm-hmm. uh, waves of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're born, I believe it's alpha. So for the first Seven years of your life, you're operating in a, in a certain brainwave that allows you to just download information, right? You're a baby. You don't know anything. How are you learning? From your environment, from your parents, from your family, from, you know, your brothers, your sisters. And then well, you go to daycare and kindergarten and first grade. And... You're downloading information. But like you said, it's also tied into your emotional responses to certain situations. Well, see, so, so look, I, I can remember specifically when I was little. Mm-hmm. I would I would I would have been I would have been five or six, because my sister was right around two. We're at the Indiana Indiana State Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh me, my mom, dad, brother, sister, and then my mom and dad's uh, friends, Tim and Teresa, and their two sons. And, dude, I'll ne- I mean, I'll never forget my mom and my dad looking at each other. Neither one of them had my sister, and both of them thought the other one had her. Damn. We're at the state fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> but you were freaking the fuck out, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. So was I. Oh yeah, right. Right. I'm I'm a five or six year old kid, dude, and all, and I'm not fucking stupid. Right. 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 And so that is leaves a humongous emotional impact mm-hmm. on my brain. So, in turn, obviously they found my sister. Well, clearly, yes, yeah, she's but, still here. But in turn, now. I'm 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 pro- I'm gonna have a problem um, with attachment. Oh yeah. With being overprotective, right? Subconsciously, automatically. 
If I don't sort that out in my in within myself, if I don't sort that out within myself, I could go on the rest of my life clinging to everything and overprotecting everyone oh, yeah. that comes into my life. Yeah, of course you could. Just based on that one experience. Experience yeah. because my brain perceived that, and it never it its job. Is to protect me. Well, see, this is the funny thing that fucks up psychi- or fucks up scientists. I was going to say psychiatrists. Well, probably psychiatrists, too. But it fucks up scientists. Because, <clears throat> like I said, the hippocampus tells you spatial recognition. Okay? And, like I said, the hippocampus tells you that's blue. And that's downloaded information that someone else told you. But the amygdala gives you an emotional response to that color, which is not downloaded. It's not told to you. Because from birth, you're having an emotional response to that color or that tree or that sunset. That's why one person can see a sunset and go, oh, a sunset. And the other person can see a sunset and go, it's a fucking sunset. Because those are not downloaded information. So this is what fucks up scientists. Where does that come from? Right. Where and how does the amygdala tell your body that you like the color blue over the color red? It's not downloaded information. It's something that's programmed into your already into you from birth. So does that come from so, DNA okay. oh, or yeah, it's very yeah. possible. They so, don't know where it so comes well, there's from. Study, there's studies now and it's called uh, epigenetics. Um, I, I listen to a lot of uh, a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza and a guy named Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. You can just type him in on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? And uh, But they talk about epigenetics. Mm-hmm. They talk about what you're talking about. And, uh, and, and genes and DNA and certain traits being passed on generation after generation after generation that we may be suffering a, like a, a trauma mm-hmm. or something inside our brains, like you said. That wasn't spe- specifically downloaded into us in this lifetime, mm-hmm. it, but it has carried over from past lifetimes. So, like a Holocaust survivor, like there may be people now, you know, two, three generations now have been born that are still suffering, uh, maybe PTSD or mm-hmm. some kind of. Um, Emotional disorders. Yeah, because they, they are carrying right. the epigenetic information in their DNA. It's encoded right. inside of them. They yeah, they've proven that your DNA holds memories well, yeah. from your father and your mother and even further back. So DNA is transferred. Another interesting thing that they just recently discovered, and they don't even know how complex the system is. But they've discovered that eggs. <clears throat> that a woman's egg has absolutely no life form without a sperm. It is an unfertilized DNA holder. It just holds half the chromosomes and half the DNA. But it does not have any life. But sperm, on the other hand, has a very basic primitive brain that tells it where to go. Like sperm know to try to swim towards the egg. 
How would they know that if they're because sperm are living creatures? That's what a lot of people don't understand. Sperm are alive. They're living beings. And the one sperm that got into that egg is why you are who you are. If another sperm had gone there, you would not be who you are. You would be a different person. Okay. Because not only not only does each sperm have a brain, they're all individual. They're all individual. Wow. Right. And each sperm thinks for itself. That's, that's not. That's why some sperm... That would make that makes sense, too. Because think about how many sperm are fighting to get to that one egg. Right. And somebody's got to win. Right. And that's why some sperm, they've noticed, like, when they look at it under a microscope, some sperm will just swim around in a circle, like dumbasses. Some sperm go right to the middle of the Petri dish, like where the egg would be. Huh. Because some smur, sperm, smur, no smur, sperm, sure. there's shot three for the episode. Yeah, like you wanted to say Sherman, Smurf, or sperm. I was, I was going, sure. I was going to call it a Smurf. I really was. <laughs> That's that. Blue I'm not smurf. gonna fucking lie to you. I was uh-huh. gonna say the Smurf, and then I stopped myself. Just stopped myself in the middle <laughs> and added a P, and it came out sperm. Yeah, that's 30 minutes in, and we've had three yeah. shots. That's a shot every 10 minutes, bud. Yeah, bud. I'm getting It's them. Memorial Day, man. Damn right. Well, yeah, by the time they listen to it, it will be. It's not right now, but when they listen to this, it will be. So that doctor... Oh, you know what? I just thought about that. That's interesting. Uh, not to interrupt you, but yeah, we'll have a lot of people listening to this tomorrow and getting real drunk off my nonsense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Memorial there Day. There might be people specifically yeah. tuning in. <laughs> yeah, just, just for that. Hey, hey. Stay yeah. off, hey. Baby. Fire the grill, pull up the screen, grab a bottle. <laughs> yeah, watch that. <laughs> we'll turn on the tuberculosis episode. I guarantee you we'll be drunk before the stakes are done. Dude, I, and I'm telling you right now, if there's one person that wakes up tomorrow and is like, I can't wait to listen to Perfectly Screwed Podcast and drink. I love you guys. There's a few of them. I love you guys. That's because that'd be incredible. No, it's interesting because we got like 318 normally in a week or two. Um, but there are some that are extremely dedicated. Like, there's about 15 or 20, I swear to God, in the first day or two, it's like they've already downloaded our shit. Right. So, there's at least 15 to 20 that are, like, steady. Every fucking Monday and Tuesday, they're on it, bud. We just need, they're like, we just need there those we go. 15 or 20 to get us 15 or 20 more. Well, obviously, they're doing a pretty good job because we have 318 at this moment. So, there. yeah. And, yeah, we, we started out with very little. So, now so, we are getting there. But slowly what was my thought from earlier? Yes. That Dr. Dispenza, they have now, he, he talks about the body being the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So, that... How you, that basically, that what happens is by the age of 35, 95% of who you are and what you do is automatic. Mm-hmm. It's just automatic programming. And that you, your body, your body, that basically your body feels how you think. Mm-hmm. And that it's just a routine. Mm-hmm. But that you can, and they have proven it. And they have shown it scientifically that you can, through meditation, if you can make yourself somehow feel, right? So like somebody say has a term like MS, they've had MS patients. 
they can put themselves into a state of mind where they feel so much appreciation and so much gratitude and so much love that they, they can almost feel as if their disease has already cured. And it cures. Mm. Through the act of feeling and tricking the brain into not remembering the past, but into thinking that there's a that it's a the future that you want, because your brain can't fucking see. Right, right, right. Your brain can't see. So if so, you can sit here and dwell on the past, on the past, and on on how you think that you're a victim and you're oppressed right now, and that's fine, and that's how your body's going to respond, and that's what the universe is going to continue to bring into your life. But you can sit there and imagine. Everybody's got an imagination. The future that you want. And your brain doesn't know the difference. So if you can practice the feeling enough, your brain literally thinks that you're already in the future. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Th- and this is what people are doing. And this is how people are curing, and they're curing themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just watching something yesterday about, uh, on the way home from the wedding, actually, it was Billy Carson, and he was interviewing this doctor lady, and they were, she was talking about neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. right? That our, like our brain is, it's uh, flexible. Mm-hmm. And the more knowledge and information and the more open that we are to it our brain literally literally expands Mm -hmm. but like at the same time if you're suffering from a trauma like you know say you were abused as a child and you're holding that in there it's it's going to to have there's going to be a spot in your brain that's not forming Mm -hmm. it's not expanding Mm -hmm. it's not working because you're leaving it trapped in there, mm-hmm. and you're not dealing with it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, and so they can literally see this. You know, we we have the technology now. Well, I'll tell you, Jason. Every time I'm getting brain, I always expand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say never so, one time. I'm never saying when I'm getting dumb, I just expand. Never but, one uh, time when I was getting dumb. Yeah. Have I, I not expand? expand. Right. I'm, I'm always expanding when I'm getting some brain. I always expand yeah. and expunge. Yeah, yeah. Some head is lovely. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Let's get back to what we were talking about. I'm, I'm horrible. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. For my horrible, uncouth behavior. I think, I think the problem is, a, lot of, a, pro, a big problem is, in our society right now, is we is that doctors have are going around convincing people that they have these mental disorders. And I just I don't think that it's a mental disorder. A mind and brain are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. The the problem is is that people it really comes down to the truth, man. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, when, when people are, are not completely truthful about who they are, when they are locking up a certain feeling inside of them, of course it's going to feel like a mental problem. Mm-hmm. 
Of course it is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how far you think that you can bury it, and it doesn't matter in which way that you think you can bury it. If there was a negative emotional response, just like you were talking about, about the hippocampus mm-hmm. and the uh, what amygdala, was it? that they that they are inter- that they're interconnected. Well, all of them are interconnected, right? But you know that specifically these two, because mm-hmm. I find that interesting that they've narrowed it down, you know, to that mm-hmm. that these two places are interconnected. The emotional response to the environment stimuli, mm-hmm. right, or like I said, if you can use your imagination to feel the emotional response before you look at the outside environment stimuli, like that's the, there's a secret in that. Well, see, there, this is not the only ones that are interconnected. All of these are interconnected in an interesting way. Because then you got the limbic cortex. And the limbic cortex contains two parts. Which I am going to fuck up so bad, so I'm not going to say. It's I, good. I, okay. These, these are words that I don't think, you know, <laughs> these aren't easy Okay, words. they're called sing, cingulate gyrus. Oh, I did that one pretty good. And the parahippocampal gyrus. And together, these uh, two regions, which make up the limbic cortex, uh, they impact and they change your mood your motivation, and your judgment. So they work with the amygdala and the hippocampus and the hypothalamus to all four parts work together to shade your environment. Because the amygdala, you know, uh, it gives you fear and anger and it triggers emotional responses for things in the environment. Then the limbic cortex takes that and... It tells you what kind of mood you're going to be in based on your emotional response from the amygdala. And it also says motivation and judgment. So if your limbic cortex is screwed up in any way, that's where you get people who are trying to do extremely dangerous activities. So... If you have a problem with your limbic cortex, you are more of a dangerous person because you don't have that fear response to hold you back. But at the same time, the amygdala also produces fear. So the amygdala says, hey, I'm not afraid. So the limbic cortex says, well, then we can just do this shit. Yeah. You know? So the amygdala says, well, I'm not afraid to jump it out of a plane because that's not a fear for me. And then the limbic cortex goes, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. Whereas in a person who's afraid of it, the amygdala goes, hey, 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 I don't want to jump out of a plane. I'm afraid of heights. And the limbic cortex goes, yeah, that's a bad judgment call. We probably shouldn't jump out of a plane because it might kill us. But see, that's the difference. All of these work together to form one small thought. But it makes, yeah, exactly. 400 Mm -hmm. billion actions per second. Mm -hmm. So, but it makes sense, right? Right? I mean, everybody. This is the this is the human story, guys. Mm-hmm. Right? This is that. This is what they were talking about. Do not fucking eat from that tree of knowledge. Yeah. For when you do, you will surely die. Now, what does that mean? Because you don't die immediately from eating knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
It means that we are aware that we're going to die. As far as we can tell, right, there's not, there isn't any other living creature on this earth that is walking around with that worry. True. Or that fear. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a battle going on inside of us. Right? Good. Bad. Do it. Don't do it. I mean, it's the angel and devil on the right, left shoulder. However the hell you want to look at it. But, your work, it works in a certain way. Like, I've, I, I see it this way. At some point, you're, when you're, your brain gets switched on, becomes a magnet, pulls down a piece of God, the source, the mind, is now attached to this human vessel, right? Who we really are is that piece of mind that got sucked down and attached to this human vessel. But you got to know thyself. Why? Because this human vessel works in a certain way. It, it, just like that computer right there works in a certain way. That phone in your hand works in a certain way. This speaker, this mouse Mm-hmm. They work in a certain way. And if if any of the parts are not working the way that they're supposed to work, it's going to fucking be off. It's going to be fucked up. But this is what screws up scientists. Like, okay, <clears throat> and it screws up everybody, really, when you think about it. This is the thing. Fear and anger, right? They know it comes from certain parts of the brain, but other parts work together to make it. So why is one person afraid of this and it's a flight response and another person has the same stimulus but their brain instead of saying flight it says anger yeah it says get angry well attack because because i they're looking in the wrong place well they can't figure out where it comes from because the 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 fight or flight response is going to be in accordance to an emotional response that you had when you were downloading information as a child. Well, that's what because they think. Because it's your feel, it's your heart, it's your emotions, it's your feeling that sends the signal out and interacts with the mind. And then that's the signal that goes to the brain and then is translated. And so everybody's different, right? Everybody's childhood was different everybody's experiences are different so there there are going to be certain uh things that you're you would be angry at that i might not get angry at because maybe or you know as an experience in your life this certain kind of situation happened and you got angry and that's what your brain is constantly telling you every time this thing comes back up. Well, see, that would work except for the fact they've done it in small children who have not had any experiences of this. Well, and they will but show, that could go back to the, what we, you said earlier about, and we, I was talking about the Yeah, it could be the DNA, right? It could be the DNA. But they've done it in small children where they'll show two kids the exact same image. One will get afraid. One will get angry. And it's a almost genetically downloaded it almost has to be. response to that stimulus. Because that's true, too. Because, like, even, you know, as, as a little, they say, a three- or four-year-old child, of course, everybody's different. Right. Some, you know, some kids are fucking angry, and some kids aren't. 
People are different. Right. But we are, we're all, I've said this before. If you put a, if you have a thousand people lined up, everybody's different. You can clearly see that all thousand people are different. But if you take those same thousand people and you just put their brain and their heart on the table, will you be able to tell a difference? No. no see, because and, everybody's working basically with the same computer. Well, see, this is why it perplexes scientists. Because look at this. You take one child, his brain looks just like the other child. But he responds to the same thing differently than the other one. And neither one have been programmed that this is right. either fear or not. But it automatically, their brain interprets that same thing differently. Differently. It's from different, Almost from birth. Different connections. Right. It's and wiring and firing. Right. And it doesn't happen with other animals. Because you look at a cat, hmm. right? Take a cat, for instance. Hmm, a house cat. Yeah. If I yell at one cat or I yell at another cat, they're both going to run away from me. Both of them. If you corner any kind of cat, either one, they're probably going to attack you. Or either cow or one of the two, depending on if they're tame or not. But if you corner a wild animal, it's going to attack. And it doesn't. Or it's going to do whatever it's naturally instinctual. Right, instinctual do. do. But every single rat, like if you corner a raccoon, it is it will attack you. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's Johnny Raccoon, Bob Raccoon, or whatever. They're all going to attack you if you corner them. If they can get away, they will. Right. And they'll try to get away from you. That's not different between raccoons. Why is the difference between humans? Yeah, because, uh, yeah, because, yeah, you're right. Animals in nature are working on just strictly their natural instinctive abilities. Right. Where, as humans... We've been given words, so we've been given the ability to lie. Right. Basically. Yeah. Well, also, they don't know where happiness comes from. They know happiness is something that originates in the limbic cortex somewhere. Um, but it's also uh, part of the pre- <laughs> precaneus which plays a role in it. And the precaneus is uh, involved in retrieving memories and maintaining who you are, your sense of self. And it focuses your attention as you move throughout your environment. So it does all of that, and it works with the limbic cortex, and somehow it produces the feeling of happiness, and they have no idea why. Well, see, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, people have to get... <clears throat> happiness is... That happiness isn't something that you should be chasing. It's not something you should be trying to obtain. Because it's simply a feeling. And all feeling, and just feelings and thoughts, thoughts and feelings, they're, they're fleeting, man. Right? They come and they go. You're going you're gonna to have moments of happiness. You're going to, and then it's going to go. And then you're going to have moments of sadness and depression. Well, the interesting and, and thing is, going to come and go. But if you, but you, that's why you. It's a, it's a skill. It's a practice. Well, the interesting thing is, this is the interesting thing. A, they have done studies, and in 2015 they did a study, and people with a larger precaneus are happier with less depression, no matter the situation. So they took, you know, two very poor people, okay, and they took one poor person 
and he had a smaller precaneus. He was depressed all the time about his situation. Hated the fact that he was poor. Yeah. They took another person with a larger precaneus gland, yeah. and they were just content and happy as hell. Of course. Of course. Because, because this comes down to neuroplasticity. Right. It's because it's because it's a skill, guys. It's a practice, man. You can't just if you want to pick up a baseball and be a, a pitcher, very few people are gonna be able to just pick up a baseball and be a pitcher, man. You have to practice. If you want to play the guitar, you gotta practice. If you wanna uh, play the piano, I mean the, what it doesn't matter what it is, man. You have to practice. And if you want happiness and you want joy and you want a, a meaningful, fulfilled life, then you have to practice appreciation and gratitude and love. How are you going to practice that unless you practice in situations where you, where you shouldn't be? Correct. Right? And, right. So, and so if you do it enough, and you're teaching yourself to be content, no matter what the situation is, this then it's it's proven then your brain is going to expand right and and of course your preconeus is going to be larger mm-hmm. and and so to me it's 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 criminal it's criminal for a doctor to be like oh you have a small preconeus you're fu- you're just sad you're just depressed right. here take these pills right no motherfucker that's wrong well here's another funny part Okay, romantic love or love for, um, which is completely different than other types of love, but romantic love is triggered by stress and fear, by the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus actually, yeah, yeah, it releases when you first find somebody romantically attractive before the love hormone kicks in, right? Oxytocin and dopamine and stuff of that nature. The hypothalamus actually produces stress and fear before the oxytocin. And that actually causes your body to overdo your adrenaline. Mm-hmm. It causes a higher release of dopamine and oxytocin, which makes you believe you are in love. And it's a, and stress, the worst is cortisol. Mm-hmm. So st- the stress hormone basically is called cortisol, and it's... Yeah, it's tied to so many things, man. It's tied to, you know, obesity, uh, cancer, all these. But, yeah, but the thing is, think about it, man. Think about how, well, just in pretty much anybody's life. I mean, we've all had our hearts broke. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all been in a relationship and had our hearts broken. And, I mean, my mom and dad are getting ready to have their 40th anniversary. Mm Mm-hmm. That's rare. Mm-hmm. Like, and I understand that. That you know, I I grew up in a. When you look around, and what's a rare situation now? Well, now, yeah. Because most, yeah, most families are, you know, most homes are broken. There's a lot of sing, you know, and there's a lot of single, single parents, and a, and a lot of kids, man, have been brought up in environments where they have watched toxic relationships, mm-hmm. and. And so that right there is going to, uh, you know, immediately, your again, your brain is, is built to protect you. And it, it's, and, and subconsciously, it's automatically running 
to what you see in your outside environment, how it um, makes you feel emotionally, boom. That's what's triggering, you know, the stress and fear. Hey, avoid that, avoid that, avoid that. Warning, warning, warning. You know what I'm saying? That relationship, not going to work, not going to work, not going to work. And we get caught in this loop because we don't, we don't, people don't understand what's going on. That you like, like, say you get romantic feelings for someone, and maybe you really do like someone. You know, you think, man, that person's really awesome. But you're, like you said, your hypothalamus then kicks in and says, ooh, you know what I'm saying? Do you really want to go down that road? You know what I mean? What have you learned about relationships? What have you experienced in relationships? Your heart's going to get broke. You're going to get abused. You might abuse someone. And so you're playing this game inside your head. Right. And so... But biologically, at that point, the moment you're scared, you are now releasing dopamine and oxytocin to alleviate the fear, which makes you happy. That's a great... And that's that's why... That's a great great point, man, because that's another thing people don't realize is there's actual chemicals. Right. There's actual chemicals. There's actual scientific chemicals and and data. And this is why... You need to take time to get to know someone before you jump into marriage and a relationship and living with in these bed. people. Yeah, because look, even in bed, I mean, you can have sex with them and not yeah, jump into it, more serious right, things. Right, but but in my opinion, it's something you better talk about before you jump correct, into bed with them correct. because there are consequences. But see, your brain, for the first six to nine months... That you know someone romantically is releasing these chemicals of dopamine and oxytocin. So it's fooling you into believing this person is perfect for you. It doesn't stop producing those chemicals for six to nine months after you meet someone. So you want to wait at least six to nine months to see how you really feel about this person Mm -hmm. before you decide to progress further. And that's one of the problems with our society and our culture. People Mm -hmm. are rushing, trying to get... To the finish line without running the race. Well, yeah. And And you can't do it. You're trying to build a skyscraper without having laid a foundation. Correct. Um, A house will fall down if you don't put the foundation down right. But just like you're talking about, you know, before you make a commitment, you know, to someone in a romantic relationship, you should. You should absolutely get to know them for a long period of time. But I think another problem is, is that we have so many people that are broken that they don't, they're scared to even ever give anything a try, mm-hmm. right? But they just want to have casual sex. Right. Except that's not really what they want. Mm-hmm. They, they do want a relationship. Mm-hmm. They do want to try to make something work. You know what I'm saying? They're not just trying to jump in bed with everybody. But that game is being played, right? Those, those uh, like you said, those chemicals are being released. And their, their past experiences, even though it comes down to your heart and your brain are not going to agree all the time. Well, see, I don't... So that's why you better know who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. Because there's the only way you're going to be able to trick the system. Because at the end of the day, what we're talking about, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It, everybody has free will to right. make their own choice. But see, I disagree with you. I don't think casual sex is necessarily a bad thing. 
because of this. Casual sex, sex itself, will release oxytocin and dopamine into your brain the same way love is. So if you know that you yourself are too damaged to be good for another person, what's wrong with casual sex? Nothing. Because you get the same feelings as love without all the bullshit that goes along with it. I agree. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Right. In fact, casual sex in a lot of ways is better. If you're damaged and you're broken and you know you're not good for anyone, right? And you tell somebody that you're all in. Oh, you shouldn't do that. But you're all in on a relationship with them just to have casual sex with them. Now we're talking about a problem. Well, now you're not talking about casual sex. Now you're talking about deceiving people. You're talking about lying. Yeah, that's you're a different You're talking about story. deceiving someone. Exactly yeah. right. And that someone you deceived is yourself. Oh, yeah. Period. End of story. And if you don't clean that up, mm-hmm. right? So you, you may have lied to someone to get what you want. And you may have think that you won. But you know the truth. And you, yes, you can. You can block it out. You can. You absolutely can block it out. You've done somebody wrong, and I think, and people, uh, you got to move on. Go ahead. Bury it inside of yourself and move on. But it's there. And it ain't never leaving. And it affects every single thing that you do moving forward in a negative way, whether you think it does or not. And so you can bury it as far as you want. But if you lied and you deceived and you know that you lied and you deceived and you don't make amends for it. Well, I think the problem we have with society, especially nowadays, is this. Speaking of love and casual sex and all that. This is the problem. People jump into relationships. Then they get people pregnant. Then they have kids. Yes. And neither one are available emotionally or physically or mentally to be in that relationship. They end up hating each other, Mm -hmm. they get divorced, and then who suffers? The kids. Mm -hmm. And then the next generation just gets worse. That's what I said. Absolutely, man. Casual sex. That's a real epidemic. Right. And casual sex is a better option. Having sex with a bunch of people, strapping on a condom. Just be honest. Right. Because now you're not only fucking up your two lives, you're fucking up that kid's life. And... That's why you need to take the time to know who you are, and not just in relationships, in every aspect of life. Because look what we just said about the brain. Your brain is producing chemicals that tell you, hey, that might not be a bad thing to do. Well, maybe you should think about that twice before you do it. Because your chemicals in your brain are telling you, hey, you shouldn't be afraid of this. Maybe you should think a little bit and say, maybe I should be afraid of this. Right. Maybe drinking and fucking getting on a motorcycle and going 100 miles an hour is a yes. bad idea. That's it. I mean, that's what it boils down to is, <clears throat> yes, who, who are you? Yeah. What do you want? And is the decision you're about to, about to make, is it in alignment with the goal that you have, where you want to be, and who you want to become? Well, this is that simple. And, and, and if you make a decision that isn't in alignment with it, you know that you didn't. Mm-hmm. You lied to yourself, and you know that you did. Okay? And yet, and there is a place in the brain that you can store that, and you can bury. Mm-hmm. Bury it. But that's, that's, that's where disease comes from. Well, see, this that's is where thing. depression comes from. That's because that, that deceit 
is like gravity, man. Mm-hmm. And it's a pressure and it's a weight and it's weighing you down and down and down. And now you've buried that problem so far. And now so much time has gone by that you don't even fucking remember it. Well, see, this is what you got to ask yourself. And I think if more people asked themselves this before they did something, we'd have less troubles in the world. Does your brain control you or do you control your brain? Exactly. Do you control your actions as a conscious human being or are you going to let the chemicals inside your brain control what you do? No, and that, and that's correct. that's 100%. If you sat and thought about that before you made every decision you made, yeah. things would be a lot different. Yeah, because because think because of, yes, because and that's what I'm saying. When you go to the doctor and he tells you you have a mental problem, then you are succumbing to the fact that your brain controls you mm-hmm. and that's not true. That's true. Like you are a piece of everything there is. That has come down into this physical form. Period. End of story. You're a spiritual being that chose to come down and have a physical experience. You're not physical trying to find a way to be spiritual. Right? So, hey, you have a mental fucking problem is a problem. Because once it once you have succumbed to that label, then how are you... How are you going to fix yourself? What's the same? Because you have the choice. You control mm-hmm. your brain. What's You're same? in charge. Same thing with addiction. And I just had a conversation with a guy on Facebook a couple days ago about this whole situation. He said addiction is a disease. And I said it is not. It is not a disease. No. You cannot control, like you were saying, you can't control if you have bipolar schizophrenia. You're going to have the symptoms no matter what. Because that is something that is off in your chemical makeup. You cannot control... The fact that the, your your brain and your body is physically addicted to heroin. But you can control whether you do heroin. Yeah. You can. Absolutely. It is your choice to wake up every day and do heroin or not. Well, now, yeah. yeah, it's going to be bad. I give you. Right. Just like if you're a schizophrenic and you realize, hey, I'm a paranoid schizophrenic, you're still going to be paranoid. You're still going to see visions. Yes. But it's been proven And if y'all don't believe me, look at the movie A Beautiful Mind. That guy was a paranoid schizophrenic, and he learned how to control it without any drugs. He still had the visions. He still had the delusions. But you know what? He learned how to ignore them and say, yeah, they're there. I see these people, but they're obviously not real. And the things I'm thinking are just my chemicals in my brain fucking with me. So I'm going to decide as a human being... Not to respond to this motherfucking shit. You have to decide to look at yourself in the mirror. Decide that you are who you are. Mm -hmm. And decide that you're not going to let anybody label you anymore, man. I mean, like, and I I have sympathy and empathy. You know what I'm saying? I do. I really do. And I understand, man, that people have uh, problems and disorders and, you know, the shit goes on. And addiction's a motherfucker. And addiction, I'll give him. And, 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 but, but yeah, but, but it all comes down to a choice, right? And like you just said, like, I'm bipolar, right? I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. Look at yourself in the mirror. Understand that you have, that you have this going on. Understand that you're not the only one. Understand that it's not crazy, that it's perfectly normal. 
and that you just have to decide that you're going to choose to learn how to keep it under control. Well, and it won't be easy. And that's what I've said. That's the difference between it a strong easy, person dude. and a weak person. It's, a strong person can go through that shit and say, yeah, I know this is happening, but you know what? I'm not going to let it get right. the best of me. Exactly. Where a weak person needs a drug to make sure it doesn't that get the best they, of That or they need... Therapy uh, or, yeah, or they something. Need, they need attention. They need right. they 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 fiend for people to feel sorry for them. They'll, even though they'll tell you they won't that they don't want anybody feeling sorry for them. Again, that's because lie lies, they just create more. And lies. I'm not saying <laughs> look, and I'm not saying when you're an addict or you have a mental illness that you shouldn't seek out people to help support you because it's no, you hard should. it's hard to go through that shit by yourself and it's it, yes it is and it's equally as hard to seek somebody out for Correct. help dude and, and it's and it takes a strong point. person to do that's both. the point if you if you're not okay with who you are and you you want to change guess what to ever get to a point where you want to get you're going to have to do a lot of things that scare you We'll see a this lot of thing. things you're afraid of because you're not comfortable doing them. But you have to step out and do them because you know it's the right thing to do. You have to clean your heart, man. And some people, I'm not saying that all people with mental illness don't need some drugs. Because there are they some do. people that, yeah, they need... I'm not against drugs. You know, they need medication to help that bipolar. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I, I, with that medication, personal experience, you need a little help. can tell you, yeah, that some drugs work and some drugs don't. Correct. Right. Some drugs are going to affect every. They're going to affect everybody differently. And but I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? If, if you are admitting you got a problem and you're seeking help and somebody gives you something, by all means, yeah, and give if it you, a try. But but you have to be honest about what it's doing. Correct. And if you can't handle it on your own, you have to have drugs. Then that's what you got to do. Absolutely. But at the same time, you got to be strong enough to a go get the help. B, you got to be a strong enough person to take the drugs. And then C, you're still going to have to, as a person, deal with the symptoms yes. that are coming. Because the drugs ain't going to take them and away that, by themselves. And now, like, I, I think in a situation like that, for, for every, that, you know, for the drug, it, it's all intertwined. You're also going to have to be in constant communication with your doctor. About how it's making you feel on a yeah, daily basis. Yeah, because there's some side effects and drugs that are worse because, than the actual. Because symptoms. they need to know that. Yeah. They need to know on a daily basis exactly what is going on inside your head and inside your heart. And that's hard to talk about, man. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens is people bury that shit. And, <laughs> dude, it's. Yeah, I get it. Well, I hope you guys liked it. Uh, this has been episode 51. We're at about an hour and uh, 20 right now, so we're going to cut it off. Damn. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Appreciate we will you guys. Be, yeah, we will be back next week with another episode, and thank you all for listening.